Shalom and welcome to the Jewish mind where the growth of modernity meets the timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. There are great struggles in our journey to life and not just struggles but failures and while there are some great quotes about failure being strengthening and revision and while it is true that the greatest success stories of the most successful people began with failures, bankruptcy, and ridicule, nevertheless, for some of us, failures don't turn into determination, but into blockage. A blockage that we can't seem to penetrate. Some are blessed with the endurance through which they view they then view the difficult struggles and failures as baking in the oven to perfection. While to others, these same struggles and failures become their cremation. I have watched and studied cases and I found that the difference between these two types of people are mostly about nurture, some nature, but few are truly self-parented and self-created. This leaves me frustrated in what seems to be unfairness for those who do not have it within their nature and nor did they have it within the nurture that they received from their primary caretakers. Now, we can debate whether all people were created equal or not until we are blue in the face. But this forum focuses not on debates but on solutions. And as far as solutions are concerned, the fundamental focus here is upon the teachings of one teaching. According to the camel is the burden. Another teaching. The Holy One, blessed be He, does not deal imperiously with His creatures. Thus, regardless of the nature or nurture, nurture that one is born with or into, Everyone is capable of making sure that their struggles and failures do not define themselves as impenetrable blockages in their life. This lecture is going to explain the Torah's view upon life's journey and all its struggles and failures, giving us a bird's eye view of a holistic approach to the 42 sojourns of life's journeys. However, it is very important to understand that self-knowledge is never sufficient in life's journey. Self-knowledge is important and necessary in order to travel through life's journey, but in itself, self-knowledge is insufficient for life's journey. Thus, this lecture will first afford us self-knowledge of life's journey and its struggles and failures that must be endured. Thereafter, <coughs> this lecture will give concrete guidance based upon this self-knowledge. However, in the final analysis, you will have to, we will each have to, travel the 42 sojourns of life's journey empowered by this self-knowledge and guidance. And thus, this, this lecture will guide us through the fundamental principles of the 42 
journeys of life. If you are willing to travel the journey of life, know, my friends, that nothing in the history of mankind has been accomplished without someone taking to journey to accomplish it. Let us begin with now with asking a couple of questions on the first two verses introducing us into this week's Torah portions list of the 42 journeys that the Jewish people traveled during their 40 years in the desert going from Egypt to the border of the promised land. This is the verses. These are the verses. And I quote, These are the journeys of the children of Israel with which they left the land of Egypt in their legions under the charge of Moses and Aaron. And Moses wrote their starting points for their journeys according to the word of God. And these were their journeys with their starting points. The first question is, why does the verse say these are the journeys, plural, with which they left the land of Egypt, when in essence it was only the first journey that took them out of Egypt and into the desert? Now, the verse could have said that these were the journeys that the children of Israel traveled through the desert, or that they traveled to the promised land. And then the plural usage of the word journeys would be appropriate. However, the verse specifically speaks of these journeys as being about leaving Egypt, which makes the plural uses of the word journeys difficult to understand when in essence only the first journey was the journey of leaving Egypt. This question is thematic and not just semantic. There is another verse in which we find the same plural theme concerning the actual singular leaving of Egypt by the children of Israel. The verse in Micha states, and I quote, As in the days, plural, of your exodus from the land of Egypt, I will show him wonders. Upon which the holy Zohar asks, as the day, it should have said day, as they left in one moment of time. Thus, we see that the plural usage concerning the times and travels of leaving Egypt are thematic and not semantic. The Torah is purposely telling us of an ongoing and continuous plural exodus from Egypt. That's the first question. The second question is, why does the verse tell us, and Moses wrote? We know that everything written in the Torah was written by Moses. The third and final question on these verses is, why does the verse flip its own order of wording? First saying, their starting points for their journeys. And then in the same verse, it then ends with, these were their journeys with their starting points. At the beginning of the verse, it first states, Motzi Ahem, their starting point, and then Lemasehem, with their journeys. Then the verse concludes with the reverse order, Masehem, their journeys, and then Lemotzi Ahem, with their starting points. 
why the twist, why the flip over of the order between Motsi Ahem and Masi Ahem? I want to ask yet another question. However, this one is not on the verse, but on the teachings of the Alter Rebbe, founder of Chabad Labavitch, Rabbi Schneer Zalman of Liadi. His teaching upon our verse, in which he states that the 42 journeys take us from Egypt until, and I quote, they're camping at the Jordan River of Jericho. What is the Alter Rebbe emphasizing here with pointing out that the journeys of life are to bring us to our destiny at Jericho. What does Jericho represent? So there you have all the questions, the introduction into this lecture, which are these questions. Let us begin our exploration with understanding the destiny of these tra travels, which is Jericho. The Hebrew word for Jericho is Yericho and can be understood as its etymology being reach, smell. Concerning smell being a destiny of all our journeys throughout our individual lives and throughout our people's collective journeys, we find that Messiah, Mashiach, and that the time to come are being described as the time of smell. The verse in Isaiah states, and I quote, and he shall smell with the fear of God, and neither with the sight of his eyes shall he judge, nor with the hearing of his ears shall he chastise. Isaiah is speaking of Mashiach in the time to come, as he begins this verse with his two previous verses, and I will quote, And a shoot shall spring forth from the stem of Yishai, and a twig shall sprout from his roots, and the Spirit of God shall rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and heroism, a spirit of knowledge and fear of God. Thus you see that he is talking about Mashiach, when Mashiach will usher in the time to come. And upon that he says, And he shall smell with the fear of God, and neither with the sight of his eyes shall he judge, nor with the hearing of his ears shall he chastise. Now the Talmud explains that what Isaiah is saying is, and I'll quote to you the sage of the Talmud, Rabbah, very famous sage. Rabbah said, He smells a man and judges, as it is written, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, yet with righteousness shall he judge the poor. Now, what does it mean to smell a man and to judge him through this? And with this being the tool, smell, being the tool of the greatest of all men, Mashiach, to judge and to bring justice upon earth, obviously, we are being taught that smell is the greatest, purest, and most perfect sense through which to discover the truth. How is this so? We find that one of the ways to bring a person who fainted back to consciousness is through placing strong smelling salt, ammonia, under his nose. The teachings of Hasidus discuss this by explaining that of all the five senses, the sense of smell is the most powerful in its purest and direct communication with a person's subconscious mind and soul. Taste and touch are obviously coarsely physical. 
seeing and hearing, which are the other two more spiritual senses, are filtered through the conscious mind, which are heavily affected by the person's ego. Thus, smell is the purest and most direct connection with the soul. This is also why we find that the strongest sense that causes links of association is smell. Smell will bring back memories of other times through association more than a sight or a sound will. For example, often when we hear a song it will bring back memories of a different time when we heard that very exact same song. However, this association is a very conscious one and thus not the most powerful one. However, smell, for example, a specific fragrance of a specific perfume, will bring back a much deeper level of memory through association. This is why one of the strongest childhood memories through association is the smell of our mother's cooking, how the house smelled when she was cooking for Shabbat or a holiday, or when she was baking our favorite cookies. Thus, we now understand the power of Mashiach in his judging through his most spiritual and purest sense of smell. On an individual level as well, our destiny is to be able to purify ourselves through our 42 journeys of life to bring us to our sense of smell, our purest and deepest sense of connection with our soul, which our soul is truly a piece of God. Now let us understand the 42 journeys of life. We now know the destiny. Now let's understand the journeys. As is very often the case with Hasidic teachings, as well as it is with the journey of life, the answers are found within the questions. The third question on the verse will open up for us the gateway to understanding the answer to all the questions and to understanding the 42 journeys of life. First, we will need to understand the deeper mystical dimension of Motzehem, their starting points, and of Masehem, their journeys. Motzehem, their starting points, refers to the original source of the souls of Israel. Masehem, their journeys, refers to the soul's descent into this physical world. This descent of the soul from Masehem. I'm sorry, from Motsi Ahem to Masihem is referred to in the mystical teachings as, and I quote, from the exalted heights to the nether deep pit. The reason for this is because the source of the souls of Israel is the exalted heights of being truly a piece of God. And the reason why this physical world is called the nether deep pit is because it is the last point of creation which means that in the evolution from infinite to finite, from humble unity to egocentric separation, and from selfless transparency to selfish opaqueness, this physical world is the end of the line, the lowest of the evolution chain, and the ultimate point of egocentric, selfish opaqueness. This is why Moses speaks of both parts of the 42 journeys, in which we in which we first travel from Motzi-Ahem down to Masehem, and then from Masehem up to Motzi-Ahem. The first layer of the 42 journeys 
is for our soul as it has ascended into its finite diminished embodiment to receive a ray from its infinite omnipotent source thus first the verse states that the journeys are from Motsi Ahem, the infinite omnipotent source, down to Masihem, the soul as, is, as it has descended into its finite diminished embodiment. It is also through surrendering, it is only, I'm sorry, it is only through surrendering our egocentric selfish talents and of our perception of which God warns us in the Torah, and I will quote that verse, and you will say to yourself, my strength and the might of my hand that has accumulated this wealth for me, end quote. Then we can open up our soul within the nether deep pit of Masayhem to be able to receive from its exalted heights source of Motsayhem. Correct. We first need to journey from the self-centered I can do this self-reliance to open up to receive the omnipotent power of the Motsi Ahem source the reason why this humility to leave the Masi Ahem is necessary isn't just a mystical one practically speaking the effect cannot be exponentially greater than its cause to quote Albert Einstein we cannot solve the problem with the same mindset that we created the problem with. Thus, when we stubbornly and arrogantly hold on to the finite egocentric opaqueness of separ separatism with which the nether deep pit was created, we cannot bring the infinite humble cure of transparency and unity to the universe. Thus, the first layer of our 42 journeys is to open ourselves <coughs> excuse me to open ourselves our conscientiousness which lives within the box is to open that up to an out-of-the-box ray from the source of our souls now we can understand the plural terminology of the journeys and the days of our leaving Egypt within the first layer of our 42 journeys. The Hebrew word for Egypt is Mitzrayim, which comes from the etymology of Tsar and Meitzar, which means narrowness and constraints. The journey to break free from the constraints of the ego of self, meaning the constraints of us believing that everything must be filtered and controlled through our understanding and feelings. And for us to journey from there to Yericho, which is to have a total humility and transparency to receive the paradigm and association of our soul's source is an ongoing journey in which we humble layer after layer of our ego's grip of, again I quote, my strength and the might of my hand that has accumulated this wealth for me. Our commentaries tell us that in Moses' writing the 42 journeys that the Jewish people traveled through the desert, Moses was pointing out to them all the times that the Jewish people rebelled and tested God. No, this wasn't Moses giving a Musar speech, beleaguering the Jewish people, God forbid. Rather, Moses was going through with the children of Israel their evolution from being a slave in Egypt 
to becoming a free, pure, beautiful, and perfect child of God. Thus, every journey and day of traveling through this evolution is a journey and a day of leaving our inner slavery of Egypt. Thus, the verse uses the plural of journeys and days. Let's now look at the second layer of our 42 journeys of life, which is that once our soul, as she is clothed within our conscious mind and heart, is empowered by the source of our soul, then our journey is to elevate the nether deep pit in which we find ourselves. I want to take a moment here to explain what this practically means. There is so much confusion to what living a spiritual life means and what, ele what elevating the sparks within our world and our lives mean. Elevating our physical lives, our environment and our world is all about our intentions in what we do. One can live a life of egocentric abstinence and one can live a selfless life of engagement. Spiritual is not necessarily to be poor, and indulgence is not necessarily, not necessarily through being rich. What it all boils down to is who you are serving in that which you are doing. Are you serving yourself, or are you serving God and your fellow man? The first intention is a self-serving indulgence, and the second intention is a God-serving spirituality. What is important to understand is that the Talmud rules, the prisoner cannot free himself from jail. That's a direct quote from the Talmud's rulings. For the reason that we explained before, in which we quoted Albert Einstein as well. Thus, as our soul down here is trapped within our body, which is a product of the egocentric prison of the nether deep pit, it isn't until our soul receives a ray, a helping hand from our Motsi Ahem, their starting point, that we here in our Masahem, their journeys, can truthfully do the things we do with the pure intentions of serving God and our fellow man. Now we understand the plural terminology of the journeys and the days of our leaving Egypt within the second layer of our 42 journeys. Selfless and pure intentions are not a binary code of to be or not to be is the question. The purity of our intentions is a process that continues to grow as our daily conscious relationship with God grows. Slowly by little, we travel the journeys and the days of elevating our lower physical senses of touch and taste, and then our more spiritual senses of seeing and hearing, to open themselves up to the power of our smell senses, power of association with God. We need to still understand why the verse tells us that Moses wrote when we know that everything written in the Torah was dictated by God to Moses, who then wrote down what God dictated to him. In the Torah, there are two types of letters. There are the engraved letters of the two tablets of the Ten Commandments, and there are the written letters of the five books of Moses. Mystically speaking, the engraved letters 
which are in a state of total unity and oneness with the tablet in which they are engraved, represent the motzi ehem, their starting points, the elevated heights of the source of the Jewish souls. The written letters, which are a separated black ink substance that are placed upon the whiteness of the parchment of the scroll, represents the lower masi ahem, their journeys of the soul as it has descended into the nether deep pit of separation. Another concept that we need to understand before we can explain Moses' writing their starting points for their journeys is based upon the ruling I quoted to you from the Talmud concerning a prisoner not being able to free himself from jail. Kabbalah and Hasidus explain that souls that are manifested within Egypt constraints of separatism are called land creatures. Land creatures live from the land but are separated live above and outside of the land itself. The souls of the righteous who are truly free from Egypt and live within total transparency of consciousness with God are called sea giants which live within the consciousness of the sea of spirituality. The sea giants are Moses of blessed memory and those who the Zohar call the expression of Moses within every generation. When the Talmud rules that we land creatures, prisoners of Egypt, cannot free ourselves from jail, Kabbalah and Hasidus explain that God sent within every generation sea giants to free us from the Egypt prison of our Masse Ahem, their journeys, imprisoned souls within the nether deep pit. This is why in Judaism there is such an importance given to Emunat Tzadikim, faith in the righteous, which is what a Chassid's connection to his Rebbe is built upon. Now we understand why the verse emphasizes and Moses, the sea creature, the spiritual source of souls, wrote their starting points for their journeys, through which, by doing this, the free sea giant Moses connected us, the land creatures, with our source, our journeys with our starting point. Moses and the expression of Moses within every generation is connecting the written letters with the engraved letters. This is how we change our selfish mindset in which the problem of separation was created and connect with a selfless mindset with which the solution can be performed. In closing, let us practically understand the 42 journeys of our practical lives, their struggles, fears, and how to overcome these struggles. The struggle of the 42 journeys from our powerful perception of self to a humble smell-conscious association with God is fear. It's as simple as that. That's what our struggle boils down to. Fear of the journey. We are afraid that if we stop looking out for ourselves through our egocentric perception of self-reliance, 
that we will be taken advantage of, manipulated, and left jobless, homeless, and all alone. This is why the Jewish people in the desert kept on crying out to Moses, Why did you take us out of the land of Egypt for us and our children to die here in the desert? The Jewish people were afraid. Jewish people at large are great at surviving persecution while we struggle at succeeding as a free people. As individuals, people often are challenged to get out of the victimhood mode and out of the each for their own mode and out of the eat or be eaten survival mode. And the reason for our struggle is A. That old pattern worked, but doesn't, I'm sorry, that these old behavior, behaviors used to work for us, so we are afraid to let go of them. And B, we understand how the old patterns worked, but don't understand how the new pattern works. Thus, the first layer of the 42 journeys is built upon faith. It is a process in which the lower senses of our soul within our egocentric prison, Masi Ahem, their journeys, need to surrender with faith to the existence and the potency of the source of the soul, Motsi Ahem, our starting points. The second layer of the 42 journeys in our individual personal life is to put action behind our faith. This means that spirituality of experiencing humility and even of surrendering to God, which does not manifest itself in what, when, where, how, and why we physically do what we do, is a journey without a destiny. The destiny of our 40 journey, 42 journeys of life is to reach Jericho smell the strongest sense of association with God and most importantly our destiny of smell is that we each experience as the Talmud I quoted before explains about Mashiach he smells his higher soul conscious and judges his actions may we each travel enjoy and experience the 42 journeys of our lives and speedily reach our personal and the collective global Jericho, which is the gateway to Mashiach and the time to come. Friends, modernity offers growth and growth comes with challenges. Judaism offers timeless divine solutions. The Jewish mind is where modernity meets Judaism.